Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to Your Story is a Legacy show. My name is Rosanna Jackalone, and I'll be your host, your life story guide, your legacy coach, your spiritual healer, and friend. This show will help you get inspired and give you resources and practical tips so you can craft and tell your unique life story for yourself, your children, and generations to come. I bet you were asking, well, how will this show make my life better? It will do that by first, helping you to get to know yourself more deeply and in the process, learn your passions and the unique gifts you bring to the world. Second, it helps you get through transitions, things like job loss, marriage, childbirth, relocation, even things like divorce. It also helps you heal by turning traumas in your life into triumphs. And finally, it helps you create a legacy to leave for yourself, your family, and future generations. If that sounds good to you, let's begin our journey together. Hello, beautiful souls. I am so happy to be back after my surgery last Thursday. I had quite a bit of prayer time during recovery to think about what would be most helpful to share with you today. It seems the episodes you liked most were those dealing with the more difficult periods we face during our lives. For instance, dealing with the loss of a loved one, turning our traumas into triumph, how to go through our life transitions with grace, and surprisingly, the highest downloads came from the episode where I told you a little of my story. Here we are today, 23 episodes growing together, so I thought I would combine some of the topics you downloaded most into a multi-part testament of my life story. The good, the bad, the triumphs, the tragedies, the waiting on God, and more. I thought the more I can help make myself vulnerable with you, the more helpful I can be as you go through your walk. I want to let you know it is okay to set past ghosts free and make way for your best life, the life you were meant to have and are called to. So here goes. I will not make this episode extremely long since I know you're all busy and like to get lost in my podcast for about 15 to 20 minutes on your drive time and before you return to your regularly scheduled day. So here goes. Today, I'm going to start with my childhood into my college years. I was born in a little town called Deer Park in New York. My parents were first generation Italian Americans and I had five siblings, 
four incredible brothers and one fabulous sister. We grew up rich in every way that did not cost money. We had a beautiful, close-knit family, including grandparents we adored who lived around the corner from us. We were healthy. We entertained ourselves since we had each other as best friends and built-in playmates. We went to good public schools, lived in a safe neighborhood, and for me, I had God early on as a foundational part of my life. This simple life was everything to me. There was so much happiness, family time filled with an abundance of love, sharing, and lots of laughter. My siblings and I would play in our backyard for hours, ride our bikes to our grandparents' house, have family barbecues, take trips to the beach, enjoy our time with the relatives who came to visit, or just let our imaginations run free, catching fireflies in the backyard. It sounds idyllic, doesn't it? Well, that part was. Then there was the really difficult and scary part. Our dad had PTSD. They just didn't call that excuse me, they just didn't call it that at the time. He was a proud Korean veteran serving our country and had come back from the war a different man. We had to get used to the craziness that surrounded the mental illness and all the abusive behaviors that came from it, making our home life feel unsafe. As children, we are so impressionable. We not only sense what we experience, but also the energy of the environment in which we live. So for us, it meant as much as we loved our home, we knew we had to escape this environment as often as we could. For myself and my middle brother, John, who are the two middle children, we actually planned our escape from the time we were children. I was four, he was six. We would drive our little matchbox cars with our imaginary characters named Debbie and Gary, respectively, to our imaginary homes in Manhattan. We even had imaginary great careers. I also had a place to reveal my feelings of worthlessness and not being enough in my diary, which I started writing in at age six. That was my safe place to reveal all the secrets we were not allowed to talk about in our home. We were not supposed to share those things, and I would come to learn later in life the patterns of abuse are perpetuated because we suffer in silence, alone and afraid. We are unsure of our voice, the very voice we need to share these things, to bring light to the darkness in which we live. In school, I was an overachiever. You would never know anything was going on in my house. I was outgoing, excelled in all my subjects, I had lots of friends, 
and had many after-school activities I enjoyed. I received many accolades and awards during celebratory events, which my mother proudly attended. All looked good from the outside, and I somehow believed that if I could be really good at everything, my father would love me more, and he would think I was good enough. I didn't understand the way he treated me was a sickness, and that nothing I could do would make him change. I internalized it, which led me to very low feelings of self-worth. And then one day it happened. I had gone to school after one of those times dad had repeatedly hit me. I was a skinny little girl, so I was bruised. Because of this, I was embarrassed to get undressed in the locker room. So I waited for all the other girls to go outside before I would change into my gym clothes alone. It was my gym teacher who noticed I was not outside with the other girls and came in to see what was happening. She was the first sympathetic adult I could talk to. She merely asked me if I was okay and I started crying. I could no longer hold this secret in pain any longer. I remember that day like it was yesterday. She made me feel safe, something I did not feel at home with my father in the house. She suggested that I see a school counselor. I remember I was afraid to speak to the counselor. As all victims do, we place blame on ourselves, not the aggressor. Somehow I thought if I spoke to the counselor, I would get in trouble. I was afraid that I would get punished if my parents found out. And in fear, I shut down, again, keeping my secrets and shame to myself. The pattern would continue in high school. I would be an overachiever, a top honor student in my class, class president, homecoming princess. It was my way of trying to feel a sense of worth and receiving consistent positive feedback and praise, something I so desperately craved. My teachers saw something in me that I did not. They highlighted my gifts and talents which was not something often heard from my dad. It was usually criticism and yelling. The thing I would come to learn about growing up in an abusive environment is how difficult it is to break those patterns and how much work it would take to learn to love myself and know my worth. For the most part, my siblings were all still at home except my sister, who smartly left early to escape the environment we grew up in. My middle brother would also leave for college, and he began traveling the world. He did not return home. I went off to the same college he did, and my older sister did, but I lived in a dorm on campus. This allowed me to come home on weekends 
since I loved being with my family and grandparents. I took a job as a waitress at a local restaurant near campus to help pay for my student living costs. As a freshman living away from home, it was my first taste of freedom and I took advantage of being away from my father's overly watchful eye. I got into my first unhealthy romantic relationship. My boyfriend and I were in love with each other. Whatever you think love is at age 18. <laughs> but I turned myself inside out to make sure he would always love me. I was afraid of quote unquote losing him. And I still had the not good enough mentality. I spent an inordinate amount of time at his house, which was my safe place to escape when I would come home from a college and my dad was acting out. Of course, he and I would eventually break up. Things were the same during my sophomore year. Then came junior year. I was doing well academically. I found a calling as a resident manager being a guide and a big sister to all the freshman women who were coming to our dorm. We had separate hallways in our dorm for college men. During that time, I met a young man who was also a resident manager that would turn out to be one of the healthiest and best relationships of my life. How it happened, I don't know, but it did. John and I met and there was such a balance of our energies. We were very much yin and yang. We shared an intellectual curiosity and a sense of humor. Our symbiotic relationship extended to each other's families. And I remember how lucky I felt because we were both so in love and the relationship was so peaceful we really were able to be our best selves together. Eventually, John and I would break up simply because life called us in different directions. He would go on to an incredible career in the Navy and I would go on to study and live in Spain, one of the great experiences of my life, which my middle brother as a young world traveler encouraged me to do. Living in Spain was so amazing since I'd always had the desire to see the world, always loved language, culture, and different people, and couldn't wait to go to Europe. We did not have money growing up, and the biggest trip I had taken prior to this was a road trip with my cousin and her family from New York to Florida with stops along the way. Living abroad was exciting and frightening all at once since I lived with a Spanish family who did not speak a word of English, shared a bedroom with the grandmother, and quickly learned that this advanced placement Spanish I had taken uh, was not at all applicable to real life and it did not prepare you to live in a foreign country. The first month I was in Spain, 
I actually broke out in hives and had to go to the hospital since the academic pressures of studying with the brightest international students and living with a family with whom I had limited communication were too many new things to adapt to in a short period of time. All of it was out of my comfort zone. Over time, I would overcome my fears since thankfully I'm not a quitter and this became one of my treasured life experiences. When I proudly graduated with high honors, I was speaking beautiful Castilian and I did not want to leave since I had now acclimated to this new way of life and I loved it. Reality struck, I had to go home and started working so I could pay off all my student loans and earn money. We will end part one of this journey here. In our next episode, I will share my early working years with you, the birth of the first children in our family to my sister, my first home in New York City, the beginning of my world travels, the death of my soulmate, my brother, the death of my father, and my long journey in therapy. I hope you enjoyed this episode and it gives you courage to release a past fear or shame that helped shape who you are today. And if you are so moved, please share your story in our private Facebook community, My Magnus Opus, which is a safe community of like-minded life storytellers learning to live their best lives and leaving a legacy for their children. You just never know. Your story and share might be the one that touches the heart of another and gives him or her courage to address their own past. And one last thing before you go. I have some news I'm so excited to share with you. Based on needs you have expressed to me, I learned that most of you wish you could find time for simple pleasures and make time for yourself. So I've developed a special coaching program and work template to help you do that. To find out more, go to www.mymagnusopus.com and click on the coaching tab. And as a special introductory offer, I will give a 50% discount. Yes, a 50% discount to the first three people who sign up for one of the five coaching slots I have available in April. I can't wait to have the pleasure to work with you one-on-one. And until next time, I'm sending you so much light and love. If you feel inspired by this show, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes or subscribe to the show since I update the topics weekly. And if you feel there are others who would like this show, please take a screenshot of the show, add it to your Instagram story, and tag me 
at my Magnus Opus. Also, I'd like to get to know you, so please join our email list by signing up at www.mymagnusopus.com. You can also join our private Facebook group of like-minded legacy storytellers by going to My Magnus Opus Community. Thanks so much for tuning in. May your day be full of abundance in everything you do and keep your head up always. Until next time, I'm sending you love and light. Thank you.